From the nostalgic haze of the 2000s, many films are idealized, their flaws lost to time. In an all-but-forgotten DVD store, two dedicated employees seek truth in these rose-tinted films. They are James and Alex. These are their reviews. We are back on the clock. Back to taking our own sweet time. Oh, that's an awfully jolly tune. What are you doing over there? I'm uh, just sorting out some of these DVD piles that we've had and, you know, putting away the last return since uh, you left it on the desk and never really put it back. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, look, we've we've watched a couple of movies around the time, so I don't know. I just leave them in a stack. Are we supposed to put them away or do we just... I leave them... I mean, they, they sometimes disappear, sometimes don't. But I mean, got yeah, I'm just... I assume you've put some of them away because only the past two have been sitting there. I mean, your memory's not great. That's why we're working at a DVD store and you're not some sort of high-tier scientist or philosopher. Mm. Not that there's anything wrong with working at a DVD store apart from DVD being a dead medium. So, it's a dead-end job. But hey, anyway, I'm just putting cheaper by the dozen away, right? Hold on. We've, uh, we've already got a copy of Cheaper by the Dozen. Hey, it's probably the sequel. No, no, the sequel's right next to it, Cheaper by the Dozen 2. But we've already got a copy of Cheaper by the Dozen, and I know for sure that the store doesn't have two copies. Ah, let me say that. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, you'd recognise Eugene Levy's eyebrows anywhere. That's definitely the sequel off to the right there. So what, you're saying we got two? Give me a second. The two shaggy dogs? Two scorpion kings? Three, no, two sky highs. Some, something fishy's going on here. Well, how how did you not notice these? What do you mean? How, how did you not notice we already had a copy? Okay, look, I feel like I feel very personally attacked right now. You know this. I cannot read. I I can't read. All right. Plus, I didn't even put them away to begin with. So, this is kind of on you, buddy. It's on me. You've had weeks to learn how to read. Surely you should be. On phonics by now. What the hell is it? What the hell? What are you talking about? A phonic? A phonic. Sound out the word. Like a five-year-old child. (laughs) Nah, it's not coming to me yet. Give me a couple of months. I'll get there. We'll get there, but that doesn't change the fact that someone or something has been dropping copies of DVDs that were never lent out. Down the return shoot, for God knows what reason. Admittedly, we probably could have picked this up because of the fact that we haven't had any customers come in, and yet somehow things are being returned. I was being hopeful. I was being <laughs> optimistic. Ah, well. Well, I don't know. Let's just get on with our day. Uh, and, I don't know, let's see. Something else might pop up anyway to get so our mind off it. And I, I don't think I can let this go. It's, why? 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 <laughs> Conk. Hold on. I'm gonna. I'm gonna see if anyone dropped that. Check the DVD. Well, I guess while he's off, I'm gonna go and uh, do what he says. Check the DVD. Oh, I remember seeing this as a kid. A spy kid from 2001. Seamless. Now, I don't think we've seen this one on the shelf though, so I'm gonna say this one's pretty hopeful. Hey, right, James, get back in here. Oh. <sighs> Ah, there was no one out there. I ran everywhere. Literally no one on the street. It's, I mean, it is 3am, but 
I couldn't see anyone in any direction. Well, I mean, <laughs> what, what 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 is that? What has it dropped through the shoot? Well, you're gonna have to pull out your uh, your spy gear for this one, champion. Take a guess. What do you think it might be? Spy Wrong. gear. Spike. Wait. What? So yeah, spy kids. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez, that, I thought you got that in one. Actually, that was really impressive. No, but, no, I was just sorting through it. So 2001's Spy Kids ended up dropping. Oh, didn't see that as a kid. As a spy kid? No, oh, as a normal kid. Oh, okay. Well, I saw it when I was younger as a spy kid. Yeah, I only saw it about two years ago, so I don't really have the same kind of nostalgia for it as you do, I suppose, if you thought it was any good. Oh, it was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, the visual effects were out of this world. Bad. Uh, tr- what? Look, having seen it very recently... Uh, Go ahead. Ruined everybody's day. Say I'm it. sorry, everyone. The visual effects in Spy Kids were shit. The parents were bad parents. The redeeming quality of that film is, as far as I can recall, the villain. Oh, yeah. Alan Cumming? Godlike. Floop. What a character, though. Honestly. L- literally saved the film. Well, there you go. That's Look, that's your opinion. I, I'm not going to respect it, but for the sake of civility... I'll say that it's something that I can agree with. Maybe. We really don't want a civil war at 3am in the DVD store. Yeah. The last time that happened, uh, management was not happy. Absolutely not. That's uh, that's why there's no one else working here but us. Everyone else was just... Killed. Yeah. That's what happens. You know, it's... When you see EMTs drag out your co-worker with disc shards in his eye of the film Annie. The, the Jamie Foxx remake or the original? The original. We weren't modern enough to get the Jamie Foxx <laughs> remake in. Oh, okay. I couldn't bring myself to go watch the Jamie Foxx remake. It was that horrific. Well, thankfully, with Spy Kids, I brought myself to watch not only Spy Kids, but the sequel and the trequel? No. What's the the other sequel? The number three. That one. So it spawned actually a beautiful trilogy and a god-awful quadrilogy because they did make a fourth one. I don't know if you ever saw that. Spy Kids 4D? God, I hope not. No, I think it was uh, it was something about time. Uh, I thought at- it was still 4D. Oh, Smell-O-Vision or something. Oh, sm- God. Was there what, something with Smell-O-Vision? Smell-O-Vision? We never got the Smell-O-Vision discs at our store. <laughs> Scratch Why would you? Scra- I'm not scratching a DVD. That's literally the, the thing that you're told not to do. Why would you scratch a DVD? This is ridiculous. So that's why none of them are working. <laughs> well, yeah, I've been trying to sniff them. I just wanted to smell what any... Ah. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> So, what do I remember about this movie? Did you remember that it's part of the Muku? The, oh, what the hell is the Muku? The Machete Universe Cinematic Universe? Oh my god, of course. Oh, of course it is, yeah. Danny Trejo's in there. As, as Machete. As Machete. Jeez Louise. Yeah, I feel like Robert Rodriguez had a... So, Robert Rodriguez is the... Uh, why am I saying it like that? <laughs> you having a stroke? Robert, Robert Rodriguez was the, the director for the movie. Uh, also directed all of the Machete movies as well, which, I mean, they seem like very, very different styles. Uh, admittedly, one of them is Blood and Gore. The other is Machete. Uh, nice. It's, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> Thought of it myself. A little uh, bit of a bait and switch for you audience members. Yeah. But it was kind of interesting that they confirmed and kept that character in there for all three movies. I don't know if he's in number four. I don't know either. I, I honestly... I haven't seen any other Spy Kids except the first one. Really? Yeah, no. I mean, I, that was never part of my childhood to see Spy Kids. To be fair, don't don't put on me, oh, oh, really? You haven't seen Spy Kids? You haven't seen Lilo and Stitch. So, 
That's uh, fair's fair. That's true. I didn't expect to be called out like this. Um, it is true. I never actually saw Lily and Stitch, so I feel like that's just going to have to show up. Hopefully, sometime in our my childhood is not your childhood. Stop trying to force it onto me. <laughs> what rally are we at right now? <laughs> What's going on? Okay, I think I think we're all getting a bit heated right now at the lack of Spy Kids lore knowledge. But it's just embarrassing. And- <laughs> okay, <laughs> why would the mysterious man woman thing call me out like this? <laughs> Okay, well, speaking of the mysterious man woman thing dropping things into our uh, into our DVD shoot, you know what I'm really annoyed about? This movie, it's not in 4K. Did you ever realize uh, that? None of the movies we've watched so far have been in 4K. I have realized this. You have? Yeah, our TV is nowhere near equipped to handle 4K. It's from about I think 2005. Bit of consideration goes a long way, a mysterious DVD human being. So, 4K, I'd love it. Just to just to know that I've watched something in 4K, you know? I don't think I ever have. 4,000 is an objectively better and higher number than the other numbers we watch it in. That's true, yeah. But we actually have to just start with Spy Kids 1 before we get to Spy Kids 4,000, which is going to be in the significant, hopefully, future. That's a lot of time between Spy Kids 4D and Spy Kids 4,000. Well, you know... It's 3,996 other films. But, uh, hey, we've got time. And we've also got the disc, so... I don't know. What say you? I say... Yeah, I think this will be interesting to see if it holds up for you. Because it was fun when I watched it, but it wasn't good. And it seems to hold a special place in everyone's heart by being, you know, this charming little film. When, realistically... I remember it just being a one hour and 30 minute long uh, presentation on parental neglect. All right, all right, all right. All right, let's just shut up and watch the movie, okay? I'm going to burst an artery if you say something else. Okay, I'll hold off. We'll watch the film. Maybe I'll be swayed. Maybe you'll be swayed. Maybe, just like the other films, we'll extrapolate a social political message from this children's film. Fingers crossed. Who knows? Way! <laughs> No, no, you don't get to speak. Your illiteracy was acute affectation when I wasn't the one affected. But now, now that I had to sit through an hour and 20 minutes of Spy Kids 4, all the time in the world, when I thought it was the first Spy Kids, I cannot abide this anymore. All right. To be, to be honest, you got to give me props. I got the Spy Kids part. I haven't gotten the numbers down just yet. That's even worse. Because letters, you can put them together. They sound different. Numbers, it's always the same. A one is not a four. An hour and 20 minutes of steaming shit. <laughs> it was so bad. It was... So, it was even worse than what I had heard it was. Now, look, I'll be honest. I was talking earlier about the nostalgia factor and about how I really liked the original Spy Kids movies. Now, I don't know if I've ever really seen Spy Kids 4 outside of probably a couple of YouTube clips. 
and I'm really glad that I never had, and I'm really, really sorry that we had to sit through that. I'm so sorry to the audience as well, because instead of giving you a light-hearted romp through the hallways of what is essentially a cheesy, a kind of aged poorly kids movie, we had something that in and of itself was just moldy milk from the very get-go. Yeah, the movie came out in 2011, about 10 years after the first one, and it's probably aged similar to milk of that era to this day and age. If you ever opened up a bottle of milk that was eight years old and you gave it a big old chug, then you're ready to join us on this journey as we venture through Spy Kids 4 all the time in the world. The only explanation I can conceive for this film being made is that Robert Rodriguez has an intense embarrassment fetish. (laughs) He wanted to be seen making this god-awful product and he loved every moment of people tearing into it. So, Robert, this one's for you. (laughs) You dirty, dirty man. (laughs) Alright, well, look, we have to deliver something. Uh, God knows we haven't for the last couple of weeks. But, anywho, I reckon let's just jump straight into it. Let's Uh, get into the characters, which... (laughs) They're there, is what I'll say. There were people behind the camera, and there were people in front of the camera. Uh, similar to other projects that we've watched so far, and that's really about whether similarities where the line, end. Yeah, that's about where the line's drawn. So, if you remember the the kids in the first one, yeah, they weren't great actors. That's all right, but they were. They had this charm about them. The two kids in this film, mm. one of them is a deaf kid. Yeah, Cecil. He's what a kid. He's almost just not there. Uh, like you could replace him with a paddle pop stick. Mm. And it would have the same effect because all he does is solve anagrams at the drop of a hat. I don't know. That, that is, that's actually kind of impressive. It's kind of impressive. I don't know how he does it. But then his sister... Yeah. Rebecca? I believe so. Sure. ...is an insufferable piece of garbage. <laughs> she's, uh, she's not very happy to move on uh, with, you know... Anything. Accepting just anything, to be honest. No. Uh, she's... She's a makes everyone's life difficult. Yeah, she's a troublemaker at heart. And at one point, she's playing a couple of pranks on her on her stepmother and her... Not the father. Actually, yeah. On the father, on too. On the father as well, yeah. So both parents are, are played by uh, Joel McHale as the, the father, Wilbur Wilson. And Jessica Alba as the mother. Yeah, or the stepmother as well. Yeah. Well, the mother of the baby and the oh, stepmother yeah. of the twins. That's true. So let's start with the first character we see in the yeah. film. In, I guess, yeah, let's go chronological order. Jessica Alba. Yeah. 30 years old. Mm-hmm. At the time, five years after her rip-roaring success, Fantastic Four. I think it would have been six. I think Fantastic Four was 2005. Yes, but they would have recorded it. <laughs> oh my 2010. God. But then they would have recorded Fantastic Four. <laughs> I was going to say. Six years <laughs> out of the heels of Fantastic Four. She starts the film heavily pregnant. Yeah. Now, you know, in most films, pregnancy is... There's, there's a baby in there. They want to be careful. It's true. She's ziplining, she's zip-zooping everywhere, which way. She's baby-drivering, she's, quite she's, literally, yeah. actually. Now she, at one point, it. she's pregnant, and she gets contractions. Yeah. You know, for all you men out there who don't know women, when the contractions start, you get to the hospital. She doesn't do that. She, she's like, I need to catch this bad guy. She's got a mission. I need to catch Jeremy Piven. <laughs> I need to catch TikTok. Not the app, but the supervillain. 
It was such a bad movie. So it was bad. so bad. So she gets on the zip line, and Jeremy Piven plays multiple characters in this film. Yeah, he's TikTok. Spoil- spoilers. Yeah, he's he's the main bad guy in both ways. He's yeah. both TikTok and the timekeeper. Yeah, yeah. So the danger is the head mm. of the OSS, the OS, mm. and he's like, "You need to get to a hospital." I'm not going to do that. <laughs> like, you need to get to a hospital. She's yeah. like, no, I gotta catch him. So she zip lines down with a baby coming. Sure, okay. Maybe, maybe hours away, if that. Yeah, so she chases him down in a car. The car does stuff. She could get into a wreck and kill both herself and the baby, you know. I know that we talked as well in the intro about reckless parents uh, and re- just reckless parenting in general, very briefly, about from what we remembered about Spy Kids. Sure, you know, her body, her choice. <laughs> yeah, but well, absolutely. But that Whatever we were talking about, for the first Spy Kids, doesn't even hold a freaking candle, candle to what Jessica Alva is doing, ziplining, waddling, baby drivering everywhere and potentially endangering not only the lives of her, her child, poor old TikTok, but also everybody else uh, who's watching. So she's, she's dodging thumbtacks on the road and, mm. you know, got mad suspension on her car as she oh, jumps over hills. Absolutely. They catch TikTok as her water breaks. Which I'm pretty sure water breaking is the signifier of babies coming. I'm not the expert. Before contractions. We're two white men (laughs) who I have heard of women. So, I'm an expert. I I can't spell women, unfortunately. You can't can't spell fucking four, apparently. Apparently apparently there's an O in women. Where? Women. Where? Woman? Women? Women. Oh, 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 I don't know. It's strange. Anyway. Oh, woman. <laughs> I, look, I don't get it. So, yeah. Anyway, she gets to TikTok. She captures TikTok. Yeah. Uh, and after she beats up all his henchmen, she starts tapping her fingers on her belly. Mm. And this is where I want to bring up something that bugs me throughout this entire film. The horrible sound design. Oh, it's so it's strange. It's so bad. Yeah. Like, as she's tapping her belly... You know, belly, it's, it's, it's you know, somewhat tight because there's a human in there. There is. But it's like, go go ahead. Go to your kitchen, pull out a watermelon and start tapping it with your fingers. That's the exact sound they use for her tapping her belly. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess the Foley artists for this one had an absolute field day. I don't actually think any sound that they made was remotely close to what the sound it should have made. At one point, uh, they were punching and it sounded like a ping pong machine. Yeah. Again, it's just, it gets out of hand. It's just, yeah, it's ridiculous. So, that's her. She's a spy mum. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing as well that I really want to mention, uh, on top of the really horrible sound design, is the, obviously the title of the film, the subtitle at least, was uh, All the Time in the World. That does not mean that in every single sentence of the movie, there has to be some pun. Oh my God! Related to time. Every second sentence. Yeah. And half of them were the same. It's all, you know, there's obviously you've got two parents who are both very busy. One's a spy, one's a spy hunter, which is bad spy hunter. And I mean, I think that's a bit of a joke that goes through the movie anyway. That doesn't matter. Every single time they're saying, oh, I've done it. I've just done it myself. They Every single sentence, there's a joke about them not having enough time or saying, oh, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll make time for you later or uh, I'm going to punch his clock. At no point do they say I'll clock him though. I th- no, no, I, they, no. Uh, Joel McHale says it at the very end when he, no, when he, he doesn't. knocks that TikTok. 
He says he's, he's been clocked. He po- but that's not the same as saying I'll clock him. Oh, that's true. He was it was he was clocking, but in the past tense. He'd been yeah. Clocked. It's just it, it it's half of them are ham fisted and terrible. Yeah, that's true. And it's basically representative of the movie as a whole. <laughs> that, yeah, look, I I don't know who wrote those jokes, but maybe every actor was paid to put in at least twenty time related jokes, and they all accidentally thought of the exact same ones <laughs> and just had <laughs> and to run with it. And and that was what Robert Rodriguez wanted. <laughs> Reading all those, like these are terrible. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep, that's, that's what he was doing. <laughs> Except he wasn't making that noise because the sound editing would have made it, him sound like a whistle. <laughs> he would have gone, woo, instead. Um, if you haven't noticed, we are just not talking about the characters because Spy Mum is Jessica Alba in its entirety. Yeah. There's nothing to them. She doesn't tell the kids she's a spy. No. I think reasonably. Matters she, of national security, yeah, as she, she says. She retires as soon as she finishes that mission. She's busy. She wants a better relationship with her stepdaughter. Mm. All her character is out of the way in the first five minutes. Now, on top of that as well, uh, as we said, Jeremy Piven plays about the other half of the cast. So, for all intents and purposes, we've already mentioned basically the whole cast. So then, for you know, the sake of everyone else, let's mention the rest of the cast. Joel McHale. Yep. It's Joel McHale. Wilbur Wilson. Uh, Wilbur Wilson. For some reason, he shares a five-year plan with his kids. So... Mao? Stalin? Five-year plans? Mao? Very communist. Yeah. Their five-year plans? He's like, my five-year plan? I'll get to spend time with you guys. Yeah. You know what happened the last time we had five-year plans? Everyone stuffed to death. Yeah. Reds under the beds. He'll uh-huh. get home and his children will be emaciated corpses. Nice. On the ground. There you go. But at least, uh, at least we all serve under the red flag, right? God bless. God bless. Anywho... Now, obviously, John McHale's biological children are the ones we've already mentioned in Cecil and Rebecca. Now, Cecil... Whoa, we didn't finish Joel McHale. Oh, yeah, sorry. I apologise. Anyway, so Cecil and Rebecca are the two kids. <laughs> Was there anything else to John McHale? I, I honestly don't know. I He he, I, he has, two, like, two wisecracks. Yeah. Like, at one point, he's watching a show on the screen where he hunts spies, and he's like, admit it, I'm too handsome. I was okay. like, okay, good, good work. Um, he's a dad. He like he's he's there. He has a storyline about not spending enough time with his kids, but the kids seem fine. The mum <laughs> doesn't work anymore, as far as I know. I mean, she's probably rich from all her spying. Mm. But as with all these films, money doesn't appear to be an issue, as you know from our last episode. Oh boy. You know, I think here and now I want to put out a message to to all filmmakers making kids' film. I think kids want to be bogged down in the mire of bills and debt and payment ship. I think it's ridiculous that uh, Jessica Alba didn't even bother to share any of her limitless funds with the struggling Baker family from Cheaper by the Dozen. It's so selfish. There's, I think There's no consideration. Kids want to sit down for an hour and a half and watch... Joel McHale file taxes yeah. and then talk about whether he can, you know, file his spy tracker under a work expense. Potentially, yeah. Could it could save a couple of bucks here and there. Who's That's what children to? want. Yeah. That's what the Phantom Menace showed us. The mire of politics and economics will make for a successful film. It's true. I mean, faultless is what I'd say for your logic there. Faultless. That's his, that's his character. Yeah. Like, they're so nothing. Like, if, if you thought... 
us talking about the Shaggy Dog characters was two-dimensional. These are like half a dimension, a third of a dimension, barely a dimension at all. I do just want to slightly rewind, though, on the topic of finances. Now, we've got Cecil, who I think personally... Oh my god, yes! ...looks identical to Martin Shkreli of disgusting Big Farmer fame. For some strange reason, he and Martin Shkreli look identical. Go figure. Check our Twitter. We'll put up a comparative picture of Martin Shkreli and Cecil. Yeah. And you'll be like, I can't tell which is which. I don't know which one's which. It's honestly ridiculous. And so, obviously, we know that at the end of the movie, they all become official Spy Kids. Spoilers. It's in the movie. It's in the title. We become official Spy Kids. But we're jumping ahead of the gun. We do. We don't want to spoil it, but uh, your boy's a spy. (laughs) You've you've all been called. Uh, And we've answered. But for some reason, uh, Cecil, at the end of the movie, don't think it's caught on camera, but he decides to jack up the prices of spyware. By 10,000%. I believe that is the deep law. Yeah. I don't know what the decision process was behind that. I think he got, you know, called up to the high court. Just like basic spyware as well, like grappling hooks. Yeah. It's, you know, $5 to produce, $5,000 on the spy market. Yeah. It's it's, disgusting. It's really strange. But uh, obviously the spy high court picked him up. The spy court, sorry. You know, called called him out for it. Yeah, but they couldn't convict him because he couldn't hear anything because he just switched his hearing aid off. (laughs) So that brings us to Cecil. Yeah. Well, what is there to say? He's good at anagrams. Mm. He's hearing impaired. And he really likes candy. He's obsessed with it to the point where he clones himself twice for a split second there and just eats multiple bowls of candy I, at the same was that, time. That wasn't cloning, though, was it? Well, I mean, look. I, I thought I th- that was a time lapse of him eating different candy. Look, you know, apples and oranges, really. It's. To artificially it's... extend the time of the film. Exactly. It could have been. It could have been anybody's guess. You know, one would assume it's probably just a time lapse, and they're trying to overlap characters into different sections. I reckon he's smarter than we're letting on. I reckon he just cloned himself twice. Probably. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's him. He's the brother. Yep. He is aggressively passive. I would <laughs> say in every argument, he just kind of sits there like a lump. He does. And like, I'm not gonna do anything until his sister challenges him. Yeah. Every single time. There's always a challenge coming this is, from Because there's system. this unspoken challenge between them. Mm. Oh, if you do this, you win. Mm. One point. Whenever someone the other one does something wrong. What do they win? I don't know. I don't know. But that's that's his character. Compared to Junie from the first one, there's... Nothing. So I think at least one of the merits that the first couple of movies had was... Obviously, they had three movies. So they actually had a decent amount of time. Unlike the movie About Time. But... There you go. Actually, no. About Time was actually a very good movie, but not this one. No. It's a very different movie, though. Don't worry about About Time. We can this, watch this that is, later. It's not Spy Kids for About Time. No. It's Spy Kids for all the time in the world in Smell-O-Vision. It, oh, yeah, true. It had Smell-O-Vision, didn't it? As I said in the intro, yes. It had Smell-O-Vision, Scratch and Sniff, uh, the Don't only film that. since 2003, Rug- Rugrats Go Wild, to have Smell-O-Vision. What a wasted opportunity. Although, what a waste of... Like, why would you even bother with it? Going to a cinema and then getting a card and like, Hey, yeah, scratch this at 22.30. And you're like, Okay. When, like... I just forget to scratch. Yeah. I would rather not scratch and smell probably something very vile for a couple of seconds. I don't know what the point of it is. But anyway, we're getting off topic here. I think... Who's the next next person? We've got... uh, Rebecca. Rebecca. 
She's a brat. She's a bit of a brat, to be honest. She likes to pull pranks and ruin property, like putting baby powder in a hairdryer. Mm. Now, you know, that kind of, that fine powder, highly flammable. Leaving it inside an electrical unit, such as a hairdryer, uh, which start also a fire heats up very, as well. e- very easily. Start a fire, ruins the hairdryer. Potentially create a small flamethrower as well, if anything went wrong. Yeah. And that's how Two-Face starts in an yep. alternate timeline. Yeah. Crisis on Infinite Earth. Eat your heart out. Oh my gosh. She pulls a prank on her stepmom with blue cheese, which is blue. Now, it's I don't know if really... you know anything about blue cheese, but blue cheese is not blue. Yeah. There's, it's got like flecks of blue. It's not It's not blue paste. Which is what it was. Yeah. Um, and she is... She's the aggressive one. She is. Aggr- she's passively she's... aggressive. Sometimes. Or just aggressive. Aggressive, aggressive, and passively aggressive. Yeah. She is the catalyst for most of the movie happening because she doesn't give the necklace back mm. when asked. Um, the necklace that controls the Armageddon device. Because, you know, you give that to your retired agent instead of... Just... None of it makes sense! Just leave it in a box somewhere. Honestly. Just don't... Just leave it in a box. Don't have to uh, give it to somebody. It's not a gift. It's it's the end times. That's what this is. It's the harbinger of the end times is a little red crystal. Leave it in a box. Is it somewhere. even the end times? Maybe. What is, what is time? I don't know. I, oh, God. So that's her character. She's annoying. She's a brat. She pulls pranks. Yeah. And like at the end of the movie where they're having their big showdown, Cecil beats down a whole bunch of guys. Yeah. Rebecca takes down one with this obscenely elaborate trap. Which could have been gotten out of by the guy just walking slightly to the right, mm. to be honest. But or hey. Just, just walking over the uh, tripwire. That's Rebecca. She's a rascal. And I hated her in this film. <laughs> Every scene she was in, I, I despised. You know what? Actress who played Rebecca, nothing against you. Your performance as a brat was fine. Absolutely. It was the, it was the writing of the character that made me hate you. So I never want to see you ever. <laughs> But still, give us a call if you want to come on the podcast. Yeah, we'll, we'll have a chat, and we can uh, we can all rip on Robert Rodriguez together. I'm sure he'll love, love it. it. <laughs> oh God! Uh, now, obviously, we had the uh, the new kids, but we couldn't go through a Spy Kids movie without having the old kids as well. God knows, I I know that they wanted to avoid it at all costs, especially but- Junie, who can't act. He can't act. See, I think he had the charm of being a kid in the first three Spy Kids movies. And he kind of got a pass because they're like, oh, he's just a kid. It's right. He's not a good actor, but it doesn't matter. He's a, he's a little kid and he's going to be one of the main characters. It's like a Mark Wahlberg, the happening acting. Mm. What? No. Everyone's it's... frozen but me. What's going on? It's terrible. It's if so I bad. The, yeah, it's honestly, it's really, really he, not great. He's dressed like uh, the ninth Doctor from the 2005 reboot of Doctor Who. Plain shirt and leather jacket. There you go. But also, whereas Christopher Eccleston had that, you know, older guy, shaved head, kind of rough Englishman look, uh, Juni Cortez is a pasty ginger monstrosity. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, wow, he's so cool. And we're just sitting there, you know, <laughs> he's so stupid. He does look very, very, very out of place. And apparently he's had a falling out with Carmen. It's Carmen, right? Carmen, yeah. Okay, Carmen. You got, you got there. <laughs> Carman, Carman, Carmon. Where's the O? <laughs> I don't know. Um, Carmen's there. Yeah, yeah, and she is Carmen. She doesn't pee the bed anymore. That's what I remember. 
<laughs> from the first from the first film. Um, she has a falling out with Junie because Junie left. Yeah. Uh, to do his own thing, because he didn't think it was cool to work with his sister. Which, like, okay, just throw away character development from the first three films. Yeah, I feel like the whole point of the first three movies is that they become a pretty decent unit together. But okay, she's there just to be like, aha, there's the person from the first three. Yeah, she um she gets replaced halfway through the movie with Kermit the Frog. Um, <laughs> and it's just a, a puppet just going absolutely wild. <laughs> wow, Carmen Rodriguez here! Uh, yeah. Carmen Rodriguez is uh, is not the character's name. It's, it's not Car- Carmen Cortez. Rob- I don't care. <laughs> Robert Rodriguez is the director, <laughs> but I respected the attempt. It's it's just <laughs> it's so jumbled because she's so nothing. Like every character in the film, she's nothing. But we've got one more which we haven't mentioned yet. Argonaut, the dog, <laughs> played by Ricky Gervais. Now, okay, so Argonaut, the dog. Played by Ricky Gervais. Honestly, it felt like they just were like, who do we want to play the dog? Mm. Ricky Gervais. Can we get him? No. <laughs> so all his voice lines sound like they've been taken from other projects and just slapped in the film. It's very true. They could have just cut and pasted parts from like the UK office, some of his stand-up stuff. Like uh, clearly he was in a studio. But he was either in the studio very late in production and they just told him to say things mm. or they really did just cut things out because he's so stilted and strange. Like the voice lines coming in, they just... They're... What? There is, there's something a bit off about them. I mean, look, you are right. I think he was in a studio, but admittedly, I don't know what project he was in the studio for. I don't think it was Spy Kids. Could have been something else completely and they just managed to tap into it. They, they took all the offcuts from, like, the downtime between his other project, yeah. and that was Argonaut. Exactly. Great name for a dog, though, admittedly. Argonaut is a really, really good name for a dog. Yeah, he's a robo-dog. He is a robo-dog. And yet, he somehow still gets sick. Yeah. But he's got, a, he's got an attack mode, uh, which is kind of cool. That... He goes from sentry to attack mode, and then uh, he just doesn't touch the ground because of how much ass he's kicking. Which is, you know, that's cool, I guess. I mean, look, visually speaking as well, the movie left doesn't a lot look to be good. desired. D- like... Older movies, you can give a pass. Yeah. This was 10 years later. This was 2011. This would have been, what, year before Avengers? Year of Avengers? Year before. Okay, year before, 2012. Yeah. Like, uh, Avengers itself has some bad CGI. Mm. Like, I like there's this one scene where Captain America does a kick, mm. and then Iron Man shoots a laser off his shield. Yeah. And it looks terrible when you yeah. look back at it. It looks really bad. But it looks a whole hell of a lot better than whatever Robert Rodriguez was doing. And you know what? I give him a pass. Because we know exactly why he was doing it. To get off. And look, what a what a success he's created uh, for himself. And, and nobody else. No nefarious purposes for Robert. It was just the embarrassment. Mm. This isn't... He's not making spy kids for any nefarious purposes. That was the producer's job, Harvey Weinstein. Oh, God. Ah, uh, yeah. Forgot about that guy's name until he showed up at the end credits. Uh, Weinstein Brothers? Weinstein family, know. both two Weinstein's showed up. It was at the produced end. by the Weinstein company. Yeah, so uh, that creep was associated with it. So yeah, those are the characters, and then there's Jer- Jeremy Piven. Yeah, all of him in uh, multiple iterations. Yeah, he's TikTok and Danger, which is an anagram of Armageddon. Yeah, Danger Diavo. Yeah, uh, Di Armo. Di Armo. Yeah, there's no V in Armageddon. That's 
I know you can't you. spell, but there's not. That's right. Thank you for telling me. That was a... That was a... What a badass name, though. Honestly. Danger Diarmo. Yeah. That's a really good name. And then to turn that into Armageddon. Wow. What a twist. Yeah. Thank God the... Wow. Ad- I was at the edge of my seat. Sweating bullets. Yep. Yep. Normally, we have something to, like, riff on with these characters. To, to a large extent. The characters will have something to them. They just don't here. Yeah, there wasn't really much. There wasn't really much. I think let's just get into the plot. Yeah. We'll see you back in part two for what is... So if you thought the characters were bad, get ready for a plot that makes no sense and doesn't explain itself at all. Yeah.